Welcome back, comedy fans, to an all-new Comedy at the Carlson Cast. Get information on how to subscribe at carlsoncast.com. Today's episode is a very special episode, very exciting, number 96, with Mr. Marlon Wayans, everybody. Of course, today's episode is brought to you by Sapori Cafe and Catering, Rochester's favorite spot for lunch and any of your catering needs. Find them on Facebook and Instagram, at Sapori Rochester. Also, Three Heads Brewing, the makers of Rochester's favorite beer. Remember, do good things and always be kind. And now here's your generally deeply unkind host. It's Mr. Vinny Paulino, everybody. Truly, madly, deeply unkind. <laughs> Welcome to the Coyote at the Carlson Genuinely, cast. Genuinely, yeah. Thank you for listening. We love you. This is going to be a cool episode today. Uh, a member of the first family of funny. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of another family that's produced as many... Uh, dynamos of the stage and, and all screen doing different stuff and do it you know widely different careers but all supremely talented but when they come together yeah it's like voltron it's amazing <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a good show today there's so many questions asked marlon wayans um pull back the curtain for a second had no idea we were gonna get him in studio this week i was all weekend all week going let's make this happen it's Thursday morning, not Friday morning. It's a little bit different, but we bent over backwards to get this interview today. So I want to thank Cam and Chula's Joe for coming in a day early and working all the tech stuff. You guys are killing it today. Uh, for those of you who are watching live, thank you for those who are watching us later. Uh, don't know what to tell you. For you live, <laughs> just enjoy it. Just, There's nothing you need to do. There's no pressure. It's no pressure. pressure. Yeah. You guys are your jobs. That's the beautiful thing about technology. You've already seen this interview in the news, so... Yeah. <laughs> no one has seen this interview, Ross. I pride ourselves on trying to do different interviews than other people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So say that again, Ross. Th so that's this interview. Joe, you're be... the new Ross. Get in here. <laughs> uh -oh, you're Joe. fired. <laughs> that's fine. You're fired. Uh, so many things to talk to him about, but I want to know what you want us to talk to him about. This is a big get. We're excited to have him here. So if you would like to text in a question, 585-484-0265 is the number. I have it open in front of me. I will keep an eye out. We already have some questions coming in, and they're relatively good. So You, you could also, I'm on Grinder, so you could also sext in a question if you want. <laughs> if you'd like to sext Ross today, please do not do it to 585-484-0265. That is only for Marlon Wayans questions, not sexual inquiries about inquiries. Ross Johnson. <laughs> inquiries. I have an inquiry. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> so we'll talk later. Uh, no, we won't. I got like weird stuff to ask Marlon Wayans about. Like, there's there's one rumor I've always wanted to know about, and just what happened there. But you know that he was supposed to be Robin. What? I, that was I. I scribbled that down as a like. This is got we got to ask about Robin. Yeah, Tim Burton style Robin. Yeah. yeah. I never heard that before. One. Well, pre, no one pre, asked you, Cam. Pre-Joel Schumacher, yeah. <laughs> Pre-Joel Schumacher. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And, you know, if you don't, if you do not text us questions, I'm just going to nerd out and talk to him about possibly being Robin yeah. all day. And <laughs> All day. Yeah, like the whole interview is going to be just about that. Like, did you touch Tim Burton's hair? Did you? Like, <laughs> weird, silly Was questions. Was Helena Bonham Carter there? Yeah. <laughs> what did she smell like? Apparently, uh, the Marlon Waves was the second choice. The first choice was Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, conflict of interest. So uh, text in your questions. I want to remind everybody, I'm going to have you pull up my PC in a second here, Cam. Not All quite right. yet. 
Um, I want to remind everybody that coming up, hit it, Cam. Friday, October 11th, in the Rickles Room, we are returning. New comic night. Very excited about that. Uh, If you want to perform here at Comedy of the Carlson and you don't know how, uh, (laughs) probably shouldn't. (laughs) But if you want to give it a shot. If you have literally no idea what stand-up comedy is. Stay home that night or just come and watch. Uh, It's a free show. We're going to try to do something fun with this uh, for a good cause. We'll explain that next week. But October 11th, in the Rickles Room, it's a Friday night. 20 spots are open. It is a drawing for spots. If you want to come and try to perform, uh, you got to put your name in a hat. We're going to do the drawing. And then 20 people get to go up, and they get three to four minutes to entertain the crowd. And if you want to just come and watch a show and see a ton of different comedians and a variety of different performers and just have a fun night out on us at the Carlson because it's free admission come join us October 11th that fits my budget perfectly yes (laughs) I'm I'm just so disgusted by him today you should have just seen the look he gave me audience it was just like do it again Ross I think he got a grinder message (laughs) I I think he got an inquiry Uh, his khakis got a little tighter We're going to be back in just a second, but we're going to talk about the upcoming shows here at Comedy at the Carlson. Stay tuned. Upcoming promo. Hey, everybody. Big shows coming up at Comedy at the Carlson from now until the end of the year. Tell the people about them. Ross Johnson. Coming up this weekend, it's Mr. Marlon Wayans. He's going to be here from September 19th to 21st. Followed by Mr. Doug Stanhope. That's a big one. One night only on September 24th. Tickets are flying for that. Marcella Arguello is going to be here from September 26th to the 28th. And then Derek Gaines, October 3rd to the 5th. Of course, Marianne Cirque and Todd Youngman will be here October 4th and 5th. Mr. Mike Vecchio on October 10th to the 12th. Sashir Zameda will be here October 17th to 19th. Big fan of hers. Michelle Wolf, another big get, October 25th to 26th. Rocky Laporte will be here November 1st and 2nd. Come check out Mr. Bobby Slayton, November 7th to the 9th. The Pitbull. Gary Goldman will be here November 14th to 16th. Of course, Vicky A. Barbalak we love, November 21st to 23rd. Thanksgiving Eve, Dr. Jo- Dr. Dirty John Valby is going to be here. That's November 27th. Not a real doctor, disclaimer. Chris Allen, he'll be here November 29th and 30th. Chris Frangiola, December 5th to 7th. Pete Corelli, December 12th to 14th. April Macy, of course, we love December 19th to 21st, right before Christmas. Rich Voss will be here December 26th to the 28th. He'll bring dumb hats. Of course, Tim Meadows, another big get. That's January 2nd to the 4th. You know these big names. Well, you work at a great club, Comedy at the Carlson. If you want your tickets to come see any of them, visit carlsoncomedy.com or call 585-4-COMEDY. And now back to our show. Good morning, folks. We are live. Uh, Our guest today, uh, you may know him and love him from television, from movies, from the stand-up stage. Uh, There are six more shows here this weekend at Comedy at the Carlson with Mr. Marlon Wayans. Here he is, folks, live in our studio. Marlon Wayans. Hey. What's up, Clap for him, Ross. He's a What's up, <laughs> We're here. We're awake, more or less. A, this is uh, very exciting. A good early morning to you, Marlon. Uh, welcome back to Rochester. Uh, 
That's an oxymoron, oxymoronic statement. Okay. I don't know what that means, but it <laughs> felt like it. An oxymoronical statement? Yeah. You know what it is? It's welcome back to Rochester. I didn't know that this part of New York existed, and it was exciting to discover. <laughs> that there was more than just, like, that There's actually, yeah, that there's, like, trees and, like, houses and... Like Archie Bunker house yeah. really exists. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got all that stuff. That <laughs> fucked me up. I was like, that's. I walk, I drove by this one house. And I just saw it. Wants to make the villas day. Songs that make the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. I could die happy now. Yeah. <laughs> I just sang the theme song to Archie Bunker and Marlon Wayans. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And I played Edith. How was that? How crazy is that? <laughs> I think you just made my tombstone epitaph. So. <laughs> they're doing those. They're doing those Norman Lear specials. You could audition. You could be. You could be Edith Bunker. I'd. I'd, I'd watch that. That could be who. I'm you not gonna be Edith. That's weird. what's wrong with you, Ross? Why would you say he would be Edith? I would be. You know, I'd rather be. I'd rather be Meathead. Okay. Ah. I can see that. I think Meathead yeah. as a black guy would be a lot of fun because Meathead kind of was a black guy. Oh, yeah. He was trying. If, he he was might as well have been to Archie. Exactly. Because <laughs> was, was he terrible. Polish or some, something? I think he was Polish, yeah. yeah. He was Polish. So to him, it was like, you know, it was like a, she brought a black guy home. Like, if you really look at the dynamic. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I really... that though. See, I people don't think, like, the shows like that could exist today. I think shows like that need to exist today. Yeah. I That's think, fascinating. Yeah. So. That's why we're so tight-walled and fucked up. You, really, it is. I like what you said in an interview recently. You referred to laughter as the magical elixir that brings us together. That's what we search for, man. Why do you think I travel every goddamn weekend? It's not like, okay, the money's good. But other than that, but honestly, I, I it's like trying to find that that the the commonality between human beings so let's agree on something this laugh like you may disagree with what i'm saying but is this funny can yeah. we laugh about it and if we laugh about it and we find ourselves like feeling good then in that moment we did something a lot of people don't do we got along so you know to me that that's what we search for as common comedians and i just i hate that now People tell you that you can't talk about this topic or talk about that topic. Man, fuck that. You could talk about any goddamn thing you want to. It's just, you know, it's all about your intention. If you're trying to be funny or you're just trying to be, is it for shock value? If it's for shock value, shock value is not funny. It's shocking. Now, if you're trying to find something funny and then and you find the funny, then, hey, I, I may not agree with what you're saying, but I can still go, yeah, it's fucking funny, though. <laughs> See, that's the mentality that I believe comedians go into it with. But I don't think there's a lot of Americans left with that comedic mindset. It I feels you, like no, no, no. See, we're suffocated by social media. We're we're influenced by the media. People, and this is why comedians do stand up comedy, because people don't give a fuck. People ain't as tight wound as you would think. People don't get up and walk out of my show. Oh, I can't believe you're talking. No, no, no. People want to hear those dark thoughts. People want to hear you say funny things about taboo situ uh, subjects because people want to laugh. It's the social media, and this is what's crazy, and I can't believe that people can't see it. It's not even all of social media. It's these fucking trolls that aren't real people that are literally sent by other, other, um, other countries, other governments, other nations, 
trying to influence our thoughts and our behavior, and they're fucking winning. We're killing our first amendment. Our, our first amendment. We're killing it. We are killing it and now because of all, Facebook. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because of Instagram. Because of Facebook. Because of Twitter. You know, Twitter gets on my nerves. I, I, I got I just mute people all day long. It's like people tell me, because uh, they, you could tell them throwing their ideas out there to try and, you know, get you all riled up so that the media picks up on this and now they blast it out to the people and then they're programming the people what the fuck they're supposed to think. When in reality is, we're we live in America and it's okay to disagree and it's okay to have a difference of opinion. Sorry. Yeah. I have to say. Um, you brought up the social media stuff. I was really disappointed in the country a little bit. I was disappointed a lot of people uh, with the situation you went through uh, last summer. When what you last uh, summer? What I do? Well, when you wished your daughter a happy Pride Month. Oh. And people jumped down your throat for it. No, but that that's once again. It's like they can... you. Can, I, I've been groomed for that shit. I want that. So if I put something out there about my daughter, you're fucking with the wrong dad. Right. I, you want to be trolled? Fuck with me. I will troll you. One, I've been one, one, <laughs> one Christmas, I posted a picture of my daughter. It was the night before Christmas. Posted a picture of us. It was Christmas time. It was me and my daughter. And someone said something about my daughter. And I missed Christmas. Like, literally. Because all I did... All night long, I blacked out. I got on my face, my social media, and I took pictures of him, and I started posting pictures of him. I trolled this motherfucker. I trolled and bullied this motherfucker all damn day. My daughter woke up. She said, Dad, are you gonna? Are you still doing that? I said, yeah. She goes, it's, but it's Christmas. I said, yeah. Give me about three more hours, and then we'll open the fucking gifts. And I just, I went in. I'm the wrong dad. And when you talk about, like, and, and it's like I tell her, it's like you know when when she got trolled for for her being gay, it's like I want to leave those comments up there because people are like why don't you take them down? No, I want people to see ignorance because people are and starting facing their names ignorance. right next to it. Yeah, and you know what I say? In twenty years, I'm gonna remember that fucking guy, and uh, I forget it's like Chez one thirty five, and in twenty years. When my daughter's, she'll be 39, I'm going to have my daughter fuck his daughter. All right. <laughs> Revenge is playing the long game. What if he doesn't have a daughter? <laughs> long game. What if he doesn't have a daughter? Mm, then I got to get my son to, on, I got to get my son to the, uh, to Pride Month. <laughs> Either way, this guy's kid's getting fucked. <laughs> kids are getting fucked. That's all I'm saying. So, I hate to do this to you because we don't like to do this type of show, but ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the studio Chaz 1135. Come on in, Chaz. But here's the thing, right? I look at my life as a comedian. I go, I'm so grateful because I could take any situation that's absolutely the craziest situation, I can always find a smile. And I want that for every human being. Like, people out there committing suicides and things like that, like, those thoughts don't hit my mind because before I get to feeling that sorry for myself, 
I go, what's funny about this shit? What's funny about the worst thing in my life? And then I smile, and I feel good. And I feel like, all right, well, that happened. I've, I've smiled at that. Now let me go fuck up again so I can smile some more. You well, know what? I feel like I owe you a $50 copay for that advice. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> well, and you're right, though. And, and going back to what you were saying about social media, everything's designed to make you feel worse. You know, When did I, depression really hit, start hitting people? At, at its highest right now. The, the Social media has, look at... Just look at the suicide rates. Look at the how depressed teenagers are because everybody's on their fucking phone and they're not living life. They're not. Everybody's being bullied by millions of people instead of like the three that's at your school that all you got to do is take a karate class and in five months you're going to kick him in his fucking throat and everybody's going to be like, yeah, you did it. And then he becomes your best friend. <laughs> but nowadays everybody's hiding behind these stupid little profile pics and, you know, whatever. And they say all these mean things, but they're not even real people. Like yeah. and 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 these kids. The sad thing is, though, they are real people. That's what's so not, messed up about the it. Real people are those aren't real people, man. Those are people with some kind of fucking agenda or some. Those are those are those are pussies. Those aren't real people. Real people okay. say it to your face. If you if you if you have All an right. opinion about me, if you have the balls to say it to my face, I'm a fuck with you. I'm like. I fuck with that guy. But if you don't talk to me and you don't even have the balls to put your real picture of you up, you got a picture of a sock puppet. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I don't care what you got to say. Then if you say something real, say it to my face. I'm a New Yorker. Most of my best friends, you know when I made my best friends? I punched them in the face. We had a fight and they became, or we got in a headlock, or we somehow we almost fought. But that was us agreeing to disagree and then going... But I like that you stood up for yourself. That's it. There's and a respect. And we became best friends. There's yeah. a respect there. Vinny punches There's me respect. all the time. Yeah, sometimes you got to yeah. punch somebody yeah. in the face and go, here's the here's the line that I draw. You can say, you can talk about my, you can talk about my mom, my, my fucking grandma. Hmm. She's sick right now. Not this week. Next week, when like, <laughs> next week when she's better, you can talk about it. Yeah. Not this week. You know, you just got to learn the, the lines between people, and that comes from hanging out with people. You hang, I watch my kids on there hang out with their friends. You know what they fucking do? Stare at their phones while they're sitting there hanging like, out. What about talking to each other? What, the, what are you looking at? Like, fuck this. Put it down and, and just talk to each other. Go watch a fucking movie. I feel like what we're watching is a big shift in the way society is. And I know we're used to one thing, but now there's a new era of technology that's coming in. And I hate to say it, we're totally going to lose this because the technology is not going anywhere. Absolutely. Like, we're totally going to lose this. We have to figure out how to hold on to humanity. Exactly. And, and that's by going, all right. I'm, I don't live on social media. I do my social media because it's, it's important. And I'm not saying it's, social media is bad. Look, it's great for fucking promotion. But am I going to do this shit all day? Am I going to care about everybody's opinion? You know, before you do a movie and you didn't care about the, the critics would say what they got to say and you read the newspaper and you go, oh, now everybody's a critic. Everybody got an opinion. Am I supposed to search opinions all day long? Now I just do a movie and I throw it to the ether. I don't give a fuck what you think. You know what I care about? I had a good time doing it. I did the best that I could with the project. I hope you laugh. I don't give a fuck about your opinion, your notes to make me better. I don't give a fuck. Because my next movie, I'm still not going to give a fuck what you say. Right. Because this is what I'm expressing as an artist. This is what I think is fucking funny. So I'm going to fucking do it. 
Well, there's no way to get a real opinion anymore either. You don't know what's what's someone someone's you know really feels like. I saw this, or it, what it, they're worried someone else is going to say. Yes, everybody's trying to yes. everybody's trying to get attention, so they say the most extreme thing possible. Everybody will start hating on something because they think that that's the popular opinion is to hate on it. Yep. So if everybody says the popular opinion is to hate on it, then I'm going to hate on it too. Instead of going as an individual sitting in the fucking room with, or a theater with an audience and really watching what how the audience likes it and versus... Because you can sit in that audience and still feel something different and you're allowed to have that. Agree to disagree. Yeah. Fuck the popular opinion. What do you really feel? Because we can all think differently and still have harmony. We've done it for years. What I find so interesting about social media is the fact that we all talk about how it's about being an individual and finding out who you are as an individual, but we do drive ourselves right into this hive mindset where we want to so publicly agree with the crowd. I don't, it's really crazy, isn't I it? I don't join the witch hunt. I'm just not that guy. Mm -hmm. I let them, and everybody's like, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? Because I don't fucking feel like it. Because I'm still waiting for the jury to, to really be said. Because I'm ch still figuring out the facts, and I'm still going to have my own opinion. Just because I sit in a jury box with all these people, as if I'm, if I go to, if uh, what do you call it, jury duty, I don't give a fuck what everybody else thinks. My, I'm not supposed to go, oh, the popular opinion is he's guilty. No, the popular opinion is let me figure out what the fucking facts are and let me make an opinion not based on emotion, but based on what he, the probable cause, what really happened, did he really do it, what the fucking evidence is, and make my own decision about what I feel because that's how you're supposed to judge things. Not just, hey... 11 people said that he's guilty so far and I feel this way so that motherfucker's guilty I'm I'm sorry I just I just can't I hate where we're going well you don't have to you know sometimes you don't have to have an opinion either you know that's the other thing everybody's got got to have everybody's got to have an opinion on everything and there are things where I'm like I don't care I mean it, you know what I don't care I, I don't know enough to, I don't know enough I yeah. don't know enough to talk about sure and that's fine. Yeah. That's a great answer. Nobody doesn't. Know I don't enough. fucking know enough. <laughs> it's really I go to these the news best programs answer. to do fuck to promote my comedy fucking show, and they asking me questions like I don't fucking know. I <laughs> don't right. fucking know. I I don't know what to feel because I don't know. I don't know the fucking facts. That's hysterical. Hey, what was it like being one of nine kids? <laughs> How does that like affect your like life? In the womb, or I had an upstairs and downstairs <laughs> sure. by the time I came along. Like, sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, it, you, it you're was the youngest, a, right? A mansion, yeah. They stretched that out all, all kinds of ways. So, um, yeah, I'm the youngest. Um, it feels like I don't know. I never really thought about it. I just feel like I feel like I've always been a guy to. To be me, I never wanted. As much as I adore my brothers, it, I never, I didn't want to be like them. Sure, I. There were things that they did that I said, I want to do that, but I don't do want to do it that way. Sure, I, 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 and maybe it's because I'm the youngest that I've always felt like everybody's like this is the way to do it, and I'm like, no, that's not true. I, I think differently. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it backward. Why? Just because you said so, right? Uh, so it makes you a little re rebellious. Everybody in my in my family, we they all did stand up right away. I was like, no, nope, no, I'm not gonna do it. Wait till I'm 38. <laughs> I'll take it serious when I'm 38. I'll do it when I'm when I'm 15. I'll do it when I'm 19. I I fuck around with it, but I'm not. 
I'm not gonna take it serious till I I feel like it. And at 38 years old, I fucking felt like it. Right. And in the meantime, I went to performing arts high school. In the meantime, I've written and produced successful movies and TV shows. I did my career ass backwards. You're supposed, you're supposed to. I'm not supposed to be doing stand up right now. This is it's ass completely backwards. backwards. Yeah. This is all fucked up. This is like someone <laughs> took <laughs> a Rubik's cube, got five sides, and then was like, oh, I'm gonna quit for a little. <laughs> This this last a little while and then done. start from scratch and I'm gonna do it backwards and then I'm gonna put it all together. And I'm gonna go do stand up in Rochester and I'll come back to it. <laughs> well, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm gonna do stand up in Rochester. <laughs> play, I and then I'll go back to doing those yeah. you know those movies and shit. Yeah, it's interesting because I mean everybody knows the Wayans family, but you you all you've got your own careers, you've got your own stuff. You know everybody knows the Wayans family, but then yeah. everybody knows you don't necessarily you think about Marlon Wayans, you don't necessarily think about the Wayans family. It's interesting. To me, like how, you know, these nine kids all got it, all successful, all doing good, all doing different things. And people know you individually. Yes. They know the family. They know you individually. And that's fascinating. The individual and, part yeah. is, the, is the hard part. And that, that to me is creating your own legacy. Like you can't rest on the laws of Wayans. Wayans is a, a beautiful thing that we all contributed toward. And, you know, um, my brother Keenan and Damon, those guys trailblazed that name so hard. And um, I'm, I love the tribe I'm from, but I think the challenge is trying to be Marlon, trying to be an individual. Who who are you outside of Wayans? And that's what this journey of Marlon has been, and it's been the last seven years of my career. Well, yeah. at f like I want to know this: when you were 15 years old, let's say, what did you want to do? I wanted to act. You wanted to act. At 15 years old, I wanted to act. I wanted to write. I wanted to produce. I wanted to be a, 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 a the biggest star in the world at 15. You asked me what I wanted to be at six. What did you want to be at six? I wanted to act. I wanted to write. I wanted to do comedy. I wanted to be the biggest star in the world. I, asked, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to do shows like I Love Lucy. I wanted to do a show like The Honeymooners. Ask me what I wanted to do when I was five. The same damn thing. I wanted to do the same thing, and I've been preparing to do the same thing I've been preparing for 47 years. And now I feel like, finally, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm about to drop, uh, well, not drop, but I'm, I'm working on my next special. I know what it is. Um, I know my next two or three after that. Like, I'm, I'm in a zone, the best zone I've ever been in, in terms of my career. I finally get it. I know who I am. And, and and now it's just about executing. You know what I mean? It's like I know the next TV show I want to do. I know the next five movies that I'm developing. Just mm -hmm. as an artist, I'm just... And I, I know how to get the shit done. It's like, yo, my day is spent, yo, let's let's write from this time to this time. All right, we got to pitch these three TV shows this week, okay? When I get off the plane after doing these nine shows this weekend, then uh, when I land, I'm going to hit the gym. And after the gym, we're going to get up and talk about, uh, have a meeting at a coffee shop before the pitch meeting so we're on the same page. And then we got these next two pitch meetings at lunch while we have this time. Let's take this hour. Let's go. We're in the valley. All right, let's go to the kid's house and let's watch a movie there and 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 make some notes on the the first act. You know, like sure. you, my day is work. My day is about the excellence of this travel. I don't know what the fuck is going to take me. All I know is I'm doing the work and wherever it takes me. Well, I'm happy that I'm just doing the work because 
success is not a destination. It's the road that you travel. And as long as you walk on that road every day and you're being true to what you are as an artist and, and you're putting forth the best effort that you can, then you're going to become exactly what the fuck you're supposed to become. I like that about you hearing that because, you know, it, it tells me you're the kind of guy who's not somebody who likes to look back. You're someone who's always looking forward. And that's, I that's, never look back. I don't even look at the moment. They canceled, they canceled <laughs> Marlon. And I immediately was like, all right, so what's the next show? Like, I don't I don't sit there and lick my wounds. And I just go, when God canceled, I, they go, did NBC cancel Marlon? No, God canceled Marlon. Why do you say that? Because he wanted me to do something different and better. And so he gave me 20 great episodes to execute the best 20 episodes of television that I could in that medium. Now, let's challenge myself. Let's go do a funny-ass half-hour single-camera comedy that's much more intimate, a little bit darker, and a little bit more introspective, but fucking hilarious. And that's what my next show is going to be. Awesome. And do you need a fat best friend? I may, but I think I already have a fat best friend in mind. But you can, slightly less I, fat. I mean, I mean a fat guy best friend at... Uh, Starbucks is something that can do a really funny we if you come with a funny idea for uh, once you see the show if you go yo I got this idea for this oh come on come come do it awesome I'm not a hater I want I want motherfuckers to make it you can ask anybody I am not a fucking hater I am the most positive um, like um, supportive like I, maybe because I've been so supported that I feel like my brother's always nurtured me in a certain way to always uh, believe that I can achieve anything that I wanted to through hard work. So when people ask me shit, I got in my phone, people always say, how do you write movies? I got in my phone seven books for writing. And I go, here, take a picture of this. Read these seven books. And if you're really serious about doing the work, you read these seven books, you'll start understanding story. And then after you understand story, you can inject your experiences into these story with your point of view and your perspective with your characters. And you too can write a script just like I learned when I was fucking 19. Why? I did the work. Let me ask you this question because that's really interesting. I've always thought about the difference in uh, writing for film or for television as opposed to writing for a stand-up stage. How do you feel like writing movies and taking all that time learning how to do develop a story, how does that help you when you actually go out there to do stand-up? Um, being that I reverse-engineered my career, <laughs> it's funny, right? <laughs> so my first special, I'll, 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 all right, for example, I think story's God. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't think that way back when I was younger. I used to think the joke was God. But people really enjoy a story. That's the thing that we invested. And every character within your story has a purpose to bring something out special in the in your hero. So I look at stand up now differently than I like even I did one special, Wokish. And I mm -hmm. did that because I was like, yo, I'm not trying to come out and go, I'm the greatest comedian ever in one special. That is aggressive. You just, I just want to come <laughs> out and go, yo, I'm all Wayans. I know you know me for doing movies and TV and film and, uh, and, and fucking I'm a Wayans, but hey, I do stand-up comedy. And, uh, and here's the skill set that I have. I'm physical. I'm funny. I can sit in the pocket. I can talk about um, the world. I can talk about um, uh, the state of, of race. I can talk about the president. I can talk about politics. I can talk about 
uh, love. I could talk about my kids. And I was just like, here's a, a bunch of shit that I could talk about. And now, and this is aggressive, in my second special that I'm working on, I ain't talking about none of that shit. None of it. The only thing that is important to me is the discovering myself. Hmm. How do I tell the story of me? How do I tell... How do I make me the hero in the story in terms of stand-up and make people invest in, into this character? And there's a lot of jokes along the way, but look at what he went through to get these, this elixir. And that elixir for everybody is going to be the laugh. But the elixir for me is what did I learn and what did I get out of the experience? And if I can put that together in an hour, hour and a half set, then I've done something fucking magical. And I will feel good about that. And I think that will be special because it's not about just jokes. It's about the story that I'm telling. And then there's a bunch of jokes along the way. And here's the elixir. And I think um, the story is God. The story is God. Well, and would you say, I mean, they're the same. I mean, would you say they're the same skill, right? I mean, if you're writing for a movie, if you're writing for a TV show, if you're writing a different, stand-up act, different. They're very different. Different, but the same. Well, See, But it's storytelling, right? Yeah, con, but, yes, it is storytelling. But look, if you could tell a joke, right? It's like John Singleton, Ice Cube. If you can write a song, you can write a movie. If you can write a joke, and that's why comedians, I always tell me, when people go, I want to do comedy, or I want to write, what should I do? I go, you should get on a stage. Why? Because if you could tell a joke, then you can learn to tell a story. And if you could do five minutes, and that, that five minutes has a beginning, a middle, and an end, right? That that's the the meat of a joke, and I don't care if that joke is one sec if if, if, if a, a thirty second joke is a beginning, a middle, and an end. That's what a movie has: a beginning, a middle, and an end. So you just stretch it out, stretch it out, stretch it out, and then over time, if you compile those things, and because a movie is a bunch of different sequences and a bunch of different events that lead to these things, these blocks called acts, which become what a movie is 3x so um yes it's the training ground for telling stories so yes if you can tell good stories on a stage and you can be a good writer I, I always tell comedians all the time that's why if you look at guys like who had successful sitcoms Seinfeld why he can do Seinfeld and do a fucking 200 episodes of, of hilarious comedy why because he's done stand-up 40 years so he knows hey this little thing that I think that the little minutia of life you know what's funny about it and he can look at anything in his life with his point of view now him and Larry um, David they have a point of view mm -hmm. on these little things in themselves and go this is how we could tell this story and so that's what stand-up does it allows you to see the world through your lens and helps you and it, depending on how disciplined you are now I'm sitting there with me and my boys I'm like, yo, and I just say something funny. I go, oh, that's an episode. And they're like, what are you talking about? Because I see the <laughs> beginning, middle, and end. I see where you start. I'll be in meetings, and I'll be I'll be pitching something. And I'll be like, oh, sh yo, that's an episode. And I, I, and I just talk about the beginning, middle, and end. And right then and there in a room where there's no writers, I already know what I, this episode is. Now we're filling in the blanks. Yes. That's beautiful. But that's because I've been on stage every goddamn weekend for the past eight years, nine years, every weekend. I work, my brother's like, Damon's like, nigga, do you owe the mob money? <laughs> <laughs> Are you going broke? 
like, no. Why are you working so hard? Why are you why are you working like um a slave that forgot he was free? <laughs> and I'm like, because I got catch up to do. I got I got great to get, and I can't get it um, by not doing the work. So, Marlon, what brought you from movies, writing, producing to even decide? You know what? I need to stop and go step on stage and do stop. stand up. Well, that's fair. I, uh, I apologize. You I were wish I did stop. I wish I did go. I'm good. It's I'm gonna arrest all this other great stuff that I'm working on. These movies and this TV show, and I'm gonna do stand up. No, allow I'm me to rephrase that. All at the same time. Allow that's, me to rephrase. How, when you're doing so many things, did you decide that I needed this one, one more? more thing. <laughs> what was it about that one thing that you needed to add? Why was it stand up? That's the way that my, my ADD comes in. I don't know. Um, I, I need think, one more goddamn thing. I need one more <laughs> but that's the way I live my life. I drive people crazy. I, mean, I, I drive my assistant crazy. She's like, bro, you can't do it all. And I'm like, sure I could. I do. Yeah, but we're not you. Which could be. You can do it all. And you just got to have good people like yourself around me to support yeah. me in what I do. But... This is my gift. It's not a curse. I, what made me do stand-up was I was the actor in me. I went to performing arts high school. So, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, you was great in Wequiem. Uh, I, we studied the dramatic arts. That's what yeah. I, that's yeah. what I, that's, that's probably the easier thing for me to do. Stand-up is hard. Comedy's hard. Drama, it's a little easier. Because we all got pain. Shit hurts. I could cry. Oh, I can cry. I get it. I get Terrence Howard's pain. Uh, it, that nigga's eyes is always wet because he's connected to the shit that is painful. <laughs> he knows every spanking his daddy ever gave him. I get it. But me, I disconnect to go, what's funny about this ass whooping that hurt so much that I got? And then dip back into the drama and then go, what's funny about it and how it affected me in my life? So comedy is a little bit more complex and a little bit harder not to discount drama. But I went up to, so I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I went to performing arts high school and I love acting. So I had to audition for the role of Richard Pryor. And when I did that, I started doing that in this movie I did with my brother Damon, Behind the Smile. Where And Behind the Smile, he never released the movie because the nigga crazy. But uh, <laughs> he has my Oscar in a closet. Um, Does he really? Yes. This is such an amazing performance. And, you couldn't get it back from him? No, he just—he's my older brother. He's not my little brother. It's like just like we want to release this. Come no, on! All he has is he—he he does what he wants. He's my older brother. All right, I, fair I, enough. If he doesn't want to release it, then it's not supposed to be released. Uh, uh, I love it. Like he has my Oscar in the my closet. Oscar's in the closet. But basically, um, what was I saying? Uh, okay, so I went up for this movie, Richard Pryor, and this was with Bill Condon because Pryor has been in development like. I think that and prior and like maybe uh, Batman are the two movies that <laughs> went through different phases of. Oh, we'll get back to Batman. So brought up Batman. We're gonna get back to Batman. <laughs> I've Don't almost worry. made it like fifty times in my life. I've almost. If I ever write a book, it's gonna be called I. I'm almost famous. Where you're I, very famous. Stop no, it. no, 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 no. <laughs> but it's the book. It's how I was almost really, really that superstar I always wanted to be. Probably. 20 times and how it was snatched from me 
only for me to find that if I kept digging after that moment, that I was really working toward the me that I'm supposed to be and not the me that didn't happen. So it's about not getting yeah. depressed, not getting down on yourself, but continuing to uplift yourself and know that this is a part of your journey. So I, I went and I got the role of prior. And so I figured if I'm gonna play the greatest comedian on earth or, or that ever existed, I should take my black ass and get on stage. And then I started doing stand-up. And then the movie went away. And then I said, I'm gonna keep doing stand-up. Just in case the movie ever happens, I'll be prepared. But then a new director came on and they gave it to a different actor. But then it went away. But then I realized at that moment that it wasn't supposed to happen. And once again, I realized that I started out wanting to play a great. And now I want to be a great. One day I want to work so hard that some young up and coming actor is tries to develop his skill set to play me in a movie. So that's what I'm working toward. I'm working toward being a great, being a legend. And um, if prior ever happens, I know that the work that I've done, I'll be much more prepared for it. You know, there were other comedians sure. that probably had a different perspective of of the role because they they've done concerts, they've done uh, um, uh, specials, they 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 know that what. He where he was and at, at what point in his career in that set they knew it, and right. I was kind of guessing it. But now, I know it. Mix that with my acting skills, I I got it. So if it happens, great. But if not, man, how beautiful is it that I've been doing stand up? I've been doing comedy for now, professionally. I've been in the game, damn near thirty years, and I'm just now getting started. I'm inspired. I'm That's gonna go a, do something. I don't know what. Do I don't know what's gonna else? be. But yeah. <laughs> <Did> you, know? <laughs> you do it outside of the studio. Sure. Yeah. Um, Marlon, I have so many questions about that because I gotta, I gotta like narrow this back for a second. Well, let me take because this jacket off. It's hot. Technical question here. When you get a part of Richard Pryor, this is an acting question. When you get the part of Richard Pryor. Like, do you have to go in there and audition? And, like, oh, yeah. how many people go in there, like, just trying to do, like, a flat impression of the guy? Like, uh, I mean, because you a, have to a have... A lot of people. A lot of people. But, you know, it's, uh, I, I know this. It's not about an impression. It's about, like, you know, it's about creating a person. You know, if you're going it, to... It's People don't care about how much you sound like somebody. People care about what you made them feel. The emotions behind the mm -hmm. person, the, the 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 they care more about the isms than they do about the impression. You know, you could be a spot on impression uh, impressionist, but it doesn't mean that you gonna make me feel something mm -hmm. in this moment, in this situation. Does he have remorse? Does he, you know, where is he? Do you do you make the character lovable? Because he's a dark, dark man. Yeah. And if you could find that little part about him. That makes the made the world love him. Even though every time he got off stage, he was doing damaging things to himself. If you can find those things that make th that light, because there's a light about somebody like that. He had a light. It was this special light. That's the part that people are going to grab hold to, because people need to feel sympathetic toward that character. 
You know, because if you look at some of the things that in his story, you, you, you would get pretty upset depending on what position you took, you know, but and depending on how you played it, it could get real dark. So for me, it was about finding the light. I don't need to find the dark. I need to find the light in Pryor, just the way Pryor would find the light in his darkness on stage. So my approach was to find the light in Pryor. Um, every character is different. So um, it sounds to me like that's kind of your motto. What? Is look for the funny. <laughs> look for I like look the, for the light, man. Look for the light. Look for the light. Life is not so bad. There's people with worse. If you you can't pay your rent one day, hey man, just walk down. Go go to uh, or you you're behind or in rent or you're you you know you're tired of living with your roommates and you know just go take a walk down Skid Row. You feel better about things. Yeah, you feel better about things, and just know that, and really look. Because you'll find that those people that's there, they're finding smiles. They ain't jumping off bridges. They're, they're finding smiles in that cold last weather. Well, I'm going to ask you one more question. Go for and it. And then we're going to take just a couple from the audience. I'll get you out of here because I know you're a busy guy. I just appreciate your time this morning. Uh, my question is, uh, you brought up the Batman stuff. Hold were on you one second. Yeah, no problem. I'm just going to switch from Instagram. No. I'm going to switch from Instagram. I'm going to Facebook Live. Okay. All right. That's where we are right now. And? What's your uh, what's your password? Mama? <laughs> Nothing. Just one. <laughs> just, just teasing. <laughs> That's what I thought you asked. I said, what? <laughs> <laughs> just teasing. All right. Facebook. Uh, How many people you have right now? I can't tell from in here. I have no what idea. But I, I will tell you this. We got questions pouring in, and I'm trying to, like, only ask you good the ones. Not stupid ones. Yeah, yeah just the right not stupid now? What's ones. What's the name of it? Uh, the comedy at the Carlson cast is the name of the show. At the comedy at the Carlson cast. Tune in now. I love you for that. Fuckers. <laughs> and they better listen. Oh, they so listen. you got cast as uh, Robin once. I sure did. What happened? <laughs> the white man is crazy, I know you man. Don't like to you look tell back. me what happened. It was a Tim Burton. Oh, was a Tim man, Burton who did White man that? crazy. White man like me to think I'm going to make it and go, ah, not yet. Because it was going to be with Billy D. Williams, right? No. Is that true? Okay. Well, wasn't Billy D. Williams supposed to play Two-Face? Was he? I, I, I had That's read why that they it was going to be him. in the movie with Billy D. Williams. Well, I was supposed to be, you find out that Two-Face is... Robin's real daddy. <laughs> how, how are they gonna tie that together? <laughs> um, this uh, you gotta talk to Tim Burton. I don't know why. <laughs> I um, I got the role of of Robin. I went in an audition, and I got the role of Robin. Uh, and what happened was there was the Penguin being introduced, Catwoman was being introduced, a few other people, and then Robin, and. Tim Burton and Denise Denovi, who was producing, uh, they, I remember they wrote me a letter, and I, I believe I got a call, and they told me that I wasn't going to be in this one, that they were going to save it for the next one, and it was going to be called Batman and Robin, and it focuses just on Batman and Robin. And then Tim Burton left the franchise, and Joel Schumacher became the new director. Mm -hmm. So when there's a new director, you got to go re- you know, go sure. go go uh, re audition. So I went in and um, after the audition, and I went and I spoke to Joel Schumacher, and he had a different vision. He went for um, uh, 
Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once again, I'm kind of I, – I was sad at the moment, but I said, all right, so God doesn't want this for me right now. So instead of being upset, let me put my energy towards something positive. And I started writing my TV show with my brother Sean yeah. and uh, started writing um, my, my uh, our movies. And um, – you know, I, and like I said, once again, if I would have gotten Batman, I wouldn't known how to handle that type of success at that age. I, I at 19 years old. I was going to say, you were probably of, still a teenager. 19, yeah. coming out of uh, performing arts high school, come out to Hollywood and just instantly make it. Yo, I was destined to be the black Macaulay Culkin. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it just, it. it God has been good to me, man. It's like I'm not. I wasn't supposed to make it then. I was supposed to take the journeyman road. This is building me. This, this the legs that I'ma have when I finally get to where I'm going. The legs that I'ma have. The knowledge that I'ma have. Like, dude, I, I can look. I don't do this, but I one day, I am DB'd myself, and I said, "Fuck, I've done a lot of shit." Yeah. But in my head. I've done nothing because I'm nowhere close to where I want to be. So, um, and, and I always say about the Batman thing, it wasn't supposed to happen. I mean, you can't have Black Robin. They do have Black Robin. They couldn't have Black Robin. My my dick was way too big to be For the tights. next to Batman's. Yeah. Come on. But wouldn't uh, that be like, great? Fuck Batman. Burt Ward was like, come on. Save my life. <laughs> but like 1992, I mean, and it sounds like, you know, it sounds like you're perfectly happy with the way things went now, you know. But I mean, in 1992, to have a I I think that's around then. I'm 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 ballparking the the year. But I mean, to have a Black Robin in 1992, I mean, it, you know, it worked out for you. That, that would have been amazing. That I was mean, that forward been, thinking. Yes, that yeah. would that would have been awesome. Yeah, that would have been so awesome. But if that happens, then guess what? Black Panther couldn't be as big as Black Panther was. Yeah. Because or already, you would have played Black Panther. No, I wouldn't. I've been, uh, I'm t true. What are they, what <laughs> yeah. I, I think about it. But uh, honestly, it was the wind, the wound up, yeah. right? The fact that we never got it. We've never been really, you know. Yeah, we had little bits and pieces, and 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 and, and Robert Downey Jr. had uh, Don Cheadle in Iron Man as, uh, you know, what's the name of the character? Uh, uh, War Machine. Yeah, Ready. War Machine. Yeah. But we didn't really have it. But to finally have it, bow yeah. with that cast. That was a bow boom. Yeah, with that kind of movie, bow. It was. You know, it, it was the building block. It was that was one of those moments where me, Damon, who did who was the blank man, and Robert Townsend, who did Meteor Man, was like, <laughs> "Yes, we finally did it. <laughs> we made it." Oh, that's a good. Idea. If you talk, <laughs> like that was my best we picture like nomination. We we contributed to it. No, because that kind of success, I was so happy for everybody in that movie. So happy for the franchise. So happy for. Our people, like it, it was amazing, and I'm I'm happy that, I, in some sick way, I'm a part of that kind of history. Yeah. So you know, no, they're, you... they're like every three years they're recasting. So if they called you for Batman, <laughs> uh, no, at this point I'd be like, yeah, only if I could be Batman and have a, and I have a white Robin and I bully around. Sure. <laughs> Now, I think they should do Black Robin. Let's talk about you know, casting that would be for, awesome. for Doughy White Robin. I got an idea, Marlon. You, I got a plan. You. 
No, that's your idea now. I love it. I'm, I'm yeah, in. Yeah, but now you want to be Doughy White Robin. Why not? I just can't pitch you in a codpiece fucking movie. Well, <laughs> I haven't stood up and in a while. And put a little so. cape on you. <laughs> it's just choking you on your neck. It's more like a napkin. <laughs> <when I wear. laughs> now, in fairness, I am the one with the actual Robin costume of the three i assume of the three people in this room so. you own a robin costume i do, I do own a robin costume he probably does favorite probably is <laughs> What's i that? like comedian i like su- uh superheroes with like um sense of humor like i love deadpool oh hell yeah like that's a role that i'd be like yo a deadpool like i could fuck that up i i could i could crush the mask i could kill mm. Plastic Man. Those are the kinds of things I want to do if I ever do like a superhero. I want to do a superhero that fits my skill set. Can you uh, forward a message to Robert Townsend for me? Just let him know that I really did love Meteor Man. I, I really did will. love that movie. I definitely will. Mm-hmm. I definitely will. I, I really did. Everything in the movie except for the kids with the blonde hair. I was like, why does he have six Cisco's? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> It was a thing back then, man. Okay, so let's do some audience questions and let you uh, go about with your life. It's got stuff to do, this guy. Yes, I'm telling you. (laughs) Uh, First question came in from our good friend, Chef Joe. Uh, He says, uh, would you please ask him if he and Sean will do another scary movie? And why did they only do the first two? The other ones they weren't in sucks. Uh, That's more of a comment, Joe. Well... There's some question in there. Uh, the first two, we probably won't, maybe, I don't know, we won't do a scary movie. Um, I don't think so, but we'll see. Yeah, who knows? Okay. Um, I, I won't never say never, but um, uh, probably definitely fucking not. Um, <laughs> and the reason why we weren't, we only did the first two was because by the third one, um, we wanted a certain deal and the Weinsteins didn't want to give us the deal we wanted. And so they basically snatched the movie from us and gave it to somebody else. Uh, you should have just gone to his hotel room, Marlon. Huh? You should have just gone to his hotel room, Marlon. No, <laughs> I, I, I thought about it, but you know, <laughs> I, 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 I wish he would have kicked that. He's so far. In, he would have hurt. If he pulled his dick out, I'd What's that guy like when you meet him? You to hear this. You, I just want. I would. I would pull my sneaker off just so I could kick him in his dick so he could hear this. Just the smack <laughs> of the top of your foot kicking him in the dick, and I wish every woman would have kicked him right in his dick. Oh, um, uh, that's hysterical. But um, but but you know that once again, y'all take that, you know. And we went and created white chicks and um, and uh, little man. So we didn't. Our thing was, you know. Uh, we could have sued. We probably did some things, but we let them let them do their bad business. And you know, karma's a motherfucker. Yeah, they really. They karma is a motherfucker, and I stand by those women because you know what? Um, they apparently they didn't just rape women. They rape niggas too, and we're <laughs> we're the. Uh, <laughs> We're the proof. Financially rape niggas. Um, uh, not to, to say, you know, what we went through was the same as the women. So but I'm going to say... That's you, just the, the character and the nature of those characters. When that whole so, thing happened, you laughed, right? Laughed a little? No, I didn't laugh. Okay. I, I you mean, didn't look for I, the funny? Well, I, first, I feel bad for the women. You know what I mean? Sure. Like anybody has to endure that type of thing. I didn't get into business for that. I... I I, I whenever I speak to women, I always tell them how they can make it outside of the aggression of what this industry can sometimes be. You know, I empower them. Um, but um, 
I, I look and go, you know, it's uh, it's a, it's a terrible state, and um, um, that one is a hard one because uh, because what it is. Sure. But if I look and I go, you look at people and you go, yeah, that nigga did it. <laughs> yeah, so, he. If, if anybody, if anybody would do, he go. Yeah, that nigga looked like. Yeah, yeah, that motherfucker did it. <laughs> you, you don't think he did? It? Oh. Look, look at that mo. You think somebody gonna give him some? You think she gonna? That motherfucker did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark gave me the high side. I gotta get you out of here, but before we let you leave, I just want to remind everybody there are six. Shows with Marlon. Seven shows. Because today's Thursday. There's one tonight. There's three shows. We've added two midnight shows. That's how popular you are in Rochester. There are very few tickets left for the 10 o'clock shows. You get your tickets for midnight right now. Visit carlsoncomedy.com to get them and uh, come see Marlon Wayans live. Marlon, before you go, my last question for you, sir, is what do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be remembered as an actor, a writer, comedian? What do you want? everyone to think of you as uh a funny motherfucker just like somebody it. that really didn't give a shit about what people thought and that all he cared about was finding the funny and making us laugh and whenever people laugh at something i did that they just know that wherever i'm at that I'm living too through their lives. So that's why I sweat when I work. That's why I work so hard for and as diligently as I do because um, that legacy is what you leave behind. And I hope to leave behind a bunch of a shitload of smiles. So watch uh, Sex Tuplets. Uh, it's on Netflix right now. Yeah, I was out, getting there. Check out Naked. <laughs> it's on uh, Sex Tuplets. It's on uh, Netflix right now. Check out my show Marlin on Netflix and my special Wokish on Netflix right now. Um, and just see the effort I'm putting in. Uh, see the, the, the growth. And uh, I've been doing it for damn near 30 years, and I'm just getting started. So I'm going to tell you, I'm actually really looking forward to the shows this weekend. But also, I saw that you just have a movie coming out recent, or coming out soon with uh, Sofia Coppola directing oh, yeah. with yeah, Bill Murray. On the Rocks with uh, Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray. Is that true? Yes, that's very yeah. true. I love so her. she directs it. <laughs> yeah, and, I know you do, uh, Ross. <laughs> I, I play her. Uh, I play Rashida Jones's husband. And uh, Rashida thinks her husband's cheating. Bill Murray plays a father, and he convinces her that I'm messing around. So and now they go on a journey to catch me out there. I'm going to get tickets now for that. I, I can't wait. <laughs> it's a dramedy, but it's a really sweet movie, yeah. really funny. And, um, you know, I got to work with another legend, you know, uh, Bill Murray. Uh, I've worked with Eddie Murphy. I've worked with Tom Hanks. And um, I, I hope all that, that their legend uh, uh, powder is uh, rubbing off on me, and uh, little legend uh, dust. Yeah, there's some of yours that rub off on them it, too. It's yeah. coming. <laughs> I ain't got legend dust yet. One day, yeah. Marlon. Why? How cool are these twelve o'clock shows going to be? Uh, probably, like, I'll be a substitute <laughs> teacher because people in, out here, I know they drink. Oh yeah, and do crack. <laughs> so I'm, I'm expecting a rowdiness, but I hope not. I hope they listen. I'm, I'm better with listeners than I am rowdy. I don't. My thing is, I, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to the crowd. I'm, I want y'all to just shut up and listen and laugh because I think it's obnoxious when people scream out and try to make the show about you. People don't pay $35, 40 $50 to, to come listen to another audience member 
um, scream back and forth. Now, I could shut you down. I could make you feel terrible about your life. But I'd rather you just listen and let the audience listen so we can all laugh together at my expense. Don't, don't be the butt of the joke. Agreed. Apologies to everybody whose questions we couldn't get in. We love you. Thank you for submitting we have, them. We don't love you. We don't know you. He's a lying motherfucker. <laughs> Hate your guts. But we got to go. But we got to go. Marlon Wayans, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to all my people on Facebook and on Instagram that watch. I love y'all. Seven more shows. Get your tickets right now. CarlsonComedy.com. We'll be back with the news with Ross. Stay tuned. Thank you for being awesome and watching another episode of the Carlson Cast. Don't forget we're streaming live on Facebook and YouTube every Friday morning. You could also follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at CarlsonCast. You can listen anytime on iTunes, Google Play, and we're now available on Spotify. You should also check out an amazing app called Laughable. And on the Laughable app, you can connect to your favorite comedians in a way you never thought you could before. Download it in the App Store and visit carlsoncast.com for information on more shows. And don't be a jerk. Rate and review. All right, we are back. It is that time of the show where we talk about the news. We either get sad or we get happy or we feel mediocre. Feel or kind of sometimes I get through the news feeling slightly enraged because Ross never looks at the dates of the stories that he tells us. <laughs> so, Not uh, never. I guess. Not never. <laughs> I guess you're the MVP today. Don't Thank screw you. it up too bad. Go That's get right. him, Ross. Okay, so uh, the comedy world moves pretty fast these days. Uh, so I've, a lot of up, nothing too tragic this week. A uh, lot of updates though. So uh, this week's going to be uh, we're we're talking. About, if you've been watching the show all along, you're in for a treat this week because we're going to follow up on some things we've talked about before. Of course, the big one this week. We talked about this last week, but things have uh, advanced relatively quickly since then. So I want you to realize how terrible your transitions are. We're going to talk about some things we haven't talked about before, but remember we talked about this last week. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, don't need your, I don't need your feedback right That's now. called a call. All right. I don't need your, that goes in my performance review at the end of the season. Um, yes, it does, actually. Where's my notebook? Uh, <laughs> of course, people recognize this guy. Uh, this is uh, Shane Gillis. We talked about him last week as uh, being the guy who... Uh, was maybe going to get fired from SNL for um, his uh, some of his old YouTube videos. Uh, what a difference included. a week and a couple of tweets make. Yeah, eh? well, and you. So what did you, now? What did you say? You 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 thought he was going to get fired. Yeah. And I kind of thought he was not. Well, uh, I thought that I don't remember what I thought, but my whole thing from the beginning was they had to know who he who this kid was yeah. before they hired him. How does no one at that network? And one of the biggest heavily produced shows on television, yeah. not Google, mm -hmm. Legion of Skanks. Well, and I don't know, and I, you know, we could talk about this all day, so we won't get too into this. But um, I don't know, you know, I was seeing one of the things I was reading about, and I don't know how much of a, you know, how much speculation this is versus fact. Um, there was sort of the suggestion that one of the reasons he was being hired to begin with was um, to bring a, a certain kind of appeal um so it's not that they the were shoeless unaware joes of the world the, the basically basically the shoe the shoeless Are joe the people audience people who don't um, own televisions and they, they, then the they kids saw, who live in their cars with man buds <laughs> then they saw joe's demographic joe's, then they, they saw could joe's watch car. the show at planet fitness <laughs> you can't get a planet fitness membership um they do a credit check. Are you kidding us, Cam? <laughs> Ross can't even get one. They saw they saw Joe's car and they just uh, realized what a mistake they'd made. So 
uh, that was some speculation. I don't know if I don't know how much that's based on. You know, that was supposedly like oh, secret behind the scenes people saying. Are they this. trying to win back the Midwest? Is that what the idea is? Well, and maybe the fact that you know, oh, we've got an Asian guy. Let's get the <laughs> anti-Asian guy. I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I smell a sparks. Will, sparks will fly this yeah. fall. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but he was fired. Is the short version of this story? Uh, SNL uh, put out a statement basically saying. Uh, uh, Lord, uh, a statement on behalf of Lord Michael says we want we want SNL to have a variety of voices and points of view within the show, and we hired Shane on the strength of his talent as a comedian and his impress- impressive audition. We were not aware, they say, don't know if I believe that either. He says of his prior remarks that have surfaced over the past few days. The language he used is offensive, hurtful, and unacceptable. So, if we were to go over the last how many years of Saturday Night Live, I think we could probably get Lauren fired. Yeah, probably. (laughs) At this point, I feel like if we just go out and just start looking at the things that have made it to air on SNL over the years, yeah, Mm -hmm. Lauren would be out of a job. But here we are in 2019. He's a legend. Shane Gillis is unemployed. Huzzah! And I'm sure he'll land on his feet. I mean, I'm sure he's 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 going to do just fine. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, of course, there's. I hear uh, Mike Huckabee has comedians on his show now, so that'll be good. He's somewhere. His uh, TBN show, he has comedians. There's a comic I know. I've known for a really long time. He just put it on his uh, on his social media the other day. Like it was like so exciting. I'm going to be doing an episode of Huckabee. Would you? Would you? If so, would you? If Mike Huckabee called you. Would you would you do the Mike Huckabee show? Yeah, I would dress up like his daughter. Okay. That would be my act. <laughs> I would dress up like his daughter and just do an imitation of her. You'd be so pretty. Thank you. Yeah. Would you do my hair first? I might. And makeup? I might. Yeah. Perfect. I'd consider it. Okay. Um, well, you already are our hair and makeup around here. It's true. Um, so uh, next up, uh, next, uh, lots of people are talking about that one. Uh, we could talk about it that's all day. That's it. We're and done. People are, so that's fine. Uh, it's over with. As far as I'm concerned, Shane who? Yep. Until we book him. Yep. There we go. Okay. Until we book him. <laughs> so uh, Kevin Hart update, sort of, although this is not about his accident. This is a... Uh, uh, Kevin Hart's, uh, you know, it never rains, but it pours for uh, for this guy. So he's currently, he's facing a $60 million lawsuit. And this is from a story that came up a few years ago. Is this about the sex tape? This is about the sex tape. I heard oh. about this. Yeah, so model and actress Maria uh, Sab- Sabag, S-A-B-B-A-G, Sabag, Sabag, uh, accused the comedian of negligence, infliction. Better get a writer, you're getting sued. I know. Infliction of emotional <laughs> distress and invasion of privacy stemming from a 2017 incident. Uh, essentially, there was a sex tape. Um, from a Las Vegas hotel room that was up uploaded online, uh, she uh, seems to be alleging that uh, this was intentional. This was sort of a um, this was done as sort of a promotional thing, like a uh, hmm. like a viral like. You want to see Kevin Hart's new special? Here's a video <laughs> of him. Like, no, I I don't think so. I if I recall, didn't someone who worked for Kevin put a camera in the room? Is it's something like, like that? Like a there creepo. Were, there were a lot of. There are a lot of details to this and a lot of legal um, intricacies. So, um, yes, it's a... A lot of the old legal in and outs? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Uh, I love when you giggle. The old (laughs) razzle-dazzle. Yeah, so this was... uh, I guess the actual plaintiff, in addition to Kevin Hart, is a guy named Jonathan Todd Jackson, who supposedly was the person who did the recording. Um, That guy's saying Kevin Hart made him? Well, that's what the lawsuit alleges. So a lot of this (laughs) is still going through the... You no know. way. Yeah. So they're both trying to get a payday. Oh, for yep. sure. Wow. Yeah, and straight up money grab. She well, and she in 2017 when this when this sort of first uh, 
came into the news she says i'm not an extortionist i'm not a stripper i'm a recording artist and an actress and i have not broken any laws oh, so no sure. she absolutely hasn't and the fact is the fact that it made it to the internet she has a legitimate 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 complaint yeah. he's and i'm case. not trying to like defend him for anything but i don't see him being the person who'd want to release something like that i can't see him a guy who was married who was cheating on his wife <clears throat> wants it filmed to begin with like it doesn't make sense to me yeah well and when i say that there's uh, when i say that there's some legal stuff here that's still a little unclear um he, him being liable is not necessarily the same thing as him 100 percent having been the person who said tape this and release it so yep so you know we'll see where that goes kevin hart's having a you know he's got some stuff going on these days all right we got time for one more ross sure uh so you know what uh mister let's skip to the last one we'll do uh we'll talk about norman lear because this is one we brought up and i just like this guy so norman lear we talked about him being nominated being uh, the oldest nominee ever for his uh live in front of a studio audience special that's the one where they did the jeffersons and um and all in the family they recreated with pops with big stars so he uh he won and he became the oldest uh ever winner at 97 he beat the previous record holder for oldest winner who was david attenborough uh who won at 93 years of age this is outrageous (laughs) about two hours earlier so david attenborough had the record for about two hours before norman lear came in so uh you know the best the best stuff's going on with people in their 90s so hold out hope everybody yeah well I'm not. Yeah. What a great show. Thank you, Marlon Wayans, for being our guest. Thank you, Ross Johnson, for doing uh, a great job sending the news. Brian, uh, we'll, we hope you will be back with us next week. There's some questions about what's going to happen on next week's show. We're not 100% sure yet. It's going to be interesting. But until then, until uh, the next time we meet, remember, if it's not funny, you're doing it wrong. It's the Comedy at the Carlson cast. See you next time.